Tahugu Podcast. My name is Kanae, and in this series, I am having a different co host each episode to discuss what they wish they knew when they were beginner learner of Japanese. And in this episode, I have Emily. Welcome, Emily. Hi. So, my name is Emily, and I've been on this podcast one time before in the next episode. I write for the Tofuku blog. I'm currently the Japan category author, and also sometimes I write for some other categories. And I've also been learning Japanese for most of my life that I can remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while since you were a beginner. Yes.、Mm. Yes, it has been. Yeah, so I guess like before getting to the question of, you know, like what you wish you knew when you were a beginner, could you tell us like your,、um, I guess your Japanese level at this moment and your Japanese learning background? Sure. So my Japanese level is JLPT N2,、mm-hmm. and I have studied Japanese both informally and formally. So, for informally, I actually started learning Japanese with Tofugu products when I was 12 years old. So, it's been about 12 years now, which、mm-hmm. is officially like half of my life. Right.、Um, I've been using Monikani since 2012, a lot of 12s. <laughs> <laughs> so, for about 10 years off and on. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, like 10, 10th anniversary.、Mm-hmm. Then. 10th, <laughs> yeah, it's 10th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Crabigator will sing happy birthday to me. Yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm primarily a self learner over those 12 years, although I have actually taken classes in、mm. various contexts. And most things I've learned have actually come from either studying on my own or just straight up immersion. And my formal background is that I took some Japanese classes in university as an undergrad.、Mm-hmm. I also studied abroad at a language school in Tokyo,、uh, at Meikai University in undergrad. And then <laughs> also, I did graduate school in Japan,、uh, like I said in the next episode, where I took、mm-hmm. a few classes for my master's in Japanese and also an extra course there that was geared towards passing the N2. Oh, so like college classes for N2? At Nagoya University, there was a free course that you could take outside of your regular classes, and、mm. it just kind of taught you how to pass the exam. I see. Oh, wow. I didn't know、yeah. like, such a thing exists, but that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs>、mm. Yeah, yeah, it was really helpful. Yeah. And if you want to know like, how Emily got her master's degree and、uh, I guess JLPT <laughs> and t o class. <laughs> All for free. <laughs> you should check out the、uh, next episode. I think we released it like a couple months ago. Yeah. So, yeah.、Uh, there's also an article about that. Oh, there is too on <laughs> tahuga.com. So please check it out. It's really good、uh, opportunity、oh, you know, to, do, to do studying in Japan. And, yeah, it's a really great、uh, chance. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you studied all that, but, like, why did you, like, what motivated you, or, like, how did you start? Yeah, that's a great question. So,、mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a deep reason. So,、mm-hmm. 
Uh, personally, I'm half Asian American, and in my childhood, I kind of grew up in a pretty not diverse, pretty white area of Florida. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much representation of Asian people where I lived or in the media or anything. So when I found um, various Japanese idol groups and music in sixth grade, I kind of got really into them because even though they were different from me and I was not from Japan. Uh, It was the closest thing to representation that I could find. So Mm -hmm. I listened to them talk and fell in love with their music. And through that, I kind of got really, really interested in the actual language of Japanese and how it sounds and how beautiful I think it is. Oh, <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but I really do think that. <laughs> so I just couldn't stop learning it for years and years. I basically got addicted to learning Japanese. So that's kind of my story. I see. So, like, may I ask, like, which idol groups? Like, oh, you yeah. were in the sixth grade? Uh, Morning Musume. Oh, Morning and, Musume, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like Hello Project. Oh, uh, okay. I thought there would be some like generational gaps, but I'm glad that I, <laughs> I'm oh, Morning no. Musume like a generation <laughs> yeah. too, so I'm really glad that. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Mm. Every time I uh, say Morning Musume to a Japanese person who is older than me, they're like, oh, yeah, I was into them in the golden era in like 1997. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I know all the members <laughs> from then too. <laughs> That's a really cool story, though. Uh, Thank you. That's good that you have like a strong interest in something when you started out. Um, yeah, it it really helped me keep going with it. Mm-hmm. I think if I hadn't been hooked <laughs> from the very beginning by uh, idols, I would not have gone on for twelve years. Right. Yeah. Because you know, some people like start studying for studying Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. But like this kind of motivation, you know, like I, I love these idols and, uh, you know, I want to know what they are saying or I want to know like what they're singing about. That's like really great motivation. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot of my friends who Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they don't have like a specific uh, interest or hobby that's like gluing them to studying Japanese, like they don't have that... um, connection to something that they really really are interested in outside of just studying right Um, and I think it's it's harder for them Mm -hmm. to keep up the motivation I think so that's that's an interesting factor yeah totally so I guess let's get to the question of the (laughs) episode like what kind of things came to your mind that's something you wish you knew back when you were a beginner Yeah, so it's been so long since I was a beginner, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, I might not be able to remember as much of my experience back then, so I wrote down uh, both my own thoughts as well as uh, called in some reinforcements, (laughs) as in I asked some of my friends who started learning Japanese later than I did, and also members of the Japanese culture club that I used to run in college, um, Mm. and asked what they wish they'd known as a beginner, so... Lots of data points here. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, mm. It was really interesting because I started learning using Tofugu stuff from the very beginning, um, which I think a lot of people did not. Um, and it always worked well for me personally. And fortunately, I managed to avoid most of the pitfalls that people told me about. 
but I did think of some things that I wish I knew as a beginner. Okay. So, okay. All right. So um, the biggest thing I thought of was that when I found out that there are multiple readings and <laughs> also sometimes meanings for each kanji, I just about died. I, it almost <laughs> killed me. <laughs> as a 12-year-old child, right. it, was, it was like slamming into a brick wall, you know. That's like, intimidating. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I almost quit. Um, it was definitely the biggest mental hurdle for me to wrap my brain around how that could ever be possible. Um, but it is doable. So learning the difference between onyomi and kunyomi, which are the different types of readings, and the patterns for when they're used, and kind of how you can tell which one it's probably going to be in mm -hmm. the sentence or in the, the kanji word. Um, if you learn those things, you will be fine. <laughs> you just kind of have to make peace with it in your heart. Right. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, when uh, I tell mm -hmm. people, like, Japanese has, like, three different types of characters to start, mm -hmm. they're like, what? And then one has, <laughs> you know, 2,000, uh, you know, more than 2,000, but people use mm -hmm. 2,000 characters, which is, you know, kanji. Yeah, it's definitely intimidating. Mm -hmm, but your advice is, you know, don't don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah, don't don't wig out. <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll get used to it. And also, so another thing mm -hmm. I learned is that a little a day adds up to a lot, like a lot, a lot. Right. Uh, especially over a span of months or years, if you keep up with it, you will make so much progress just by mm. keeping up with um a daily habit so yeah. I, I think that's that's really important if you're mm. you're serious about it you know uh a little a day like what have you done like do you recommend a specific amount or hmm i think it's definitely going to depend on the person and how much time they have in the day and mm -hmm. also like what exactly they want to focus on in their studies but for example, <laughs> this is like a very low bar, but uh, <laughs> when I got back to the U.S., I mm -hmm. had kind of taken a break from Wanikani, um, and so I had like a thousand reviews <laughs> in my okay. reviews column. So I think I started doing about 25 reviews a day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, oh, just a tiny bar um, mm -hmm. just to, to get myself to do it because I had so little energy after coming back from Japan right. um, and exerting so much energy to get out of there um, that I was like, okay, if I'm going to go back to it, it's got to be a very low bar. <laughs> it's got to be like three reviews a day. <laughs> yeah, but then like 20, you, you said 24 a day? L like 25. That at 25 a day, like that mm -hmm. adds up to like 10 days, it's going to be 250, mm -hmm. uh, three months, then, you know, three months and 10 days, it's going to be, if it's like 100 days and that's like 2,500 reviews. Yeah, done. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it does really add up. As long as you like keep up with it, then you'll be much farther along than you think when you just mm. think, oh, 25 a day, but it'll, it'll really add up. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, like five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, it feels like so little uh, time, but it adds up. So. And it's easier to spend that much. Uh, it's hard to make it, make it a habit, but it's easy to find the time. Like, yeah. 
when you sit on the toilet or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, can, you can stay there for like extra five minutes, right? <laughs> During yeah. your business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skip a TikTok or two and uh, yeah, <laughs> do totally. some reviews. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You gotta yeah. like give up on a uh, habit to make a new habit. It's something I learned. So, or, or I guess you have to make time. Yeah. In order yeah, to do yeah. that, you have to quit something. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a TikTok, TikTok or two, or <laughs> I don't uh, know. While your macaroni is boiling, do something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Mm, That's yeah. a good advice. Thanks. Okay. So, another one, the last one that I thought of from me personally uh-huh. is that if you take a break and put your Japanese learning down for a while, like I have often done in my life, um, don't let shame keep you from returning it, returning mm. to it one day, if, if you do want to continue with it. Um, I have so many friends who started learning Japanese in structured co- college classes or something, and then kind of fell off the wagon when they stopped being in those classes, and it mm. was all up to them. And now they kind of feel so bad about that, uh, that they have trouble going back to Japanese, because it reminds them that they're not where they want to be, and that they kind mm. of stopped learning and maybe they forgot a few things but if you do actually want to go back to it it's it's so important to I think be kind enough to yourself to get over that hurdle and then tough enough on yourself to hopefully keep up with the habit from there that's a really good advice (laughs) thanks um I I feel like from my experience anyway there's a difference between self-discipline which I find to be usually you know helpful with Mm -hmm. keeping up with studying and like (laughs) self-shaming which Mm. is not so helpful and kind of makes you avoid the thing that you actually want to do so I I recommend a mixture of self-compassion and self-discipline if possible oh that's really good because like I think it's a thing like self-abuse or uh, (laughs) self-shaming for you know getting back to uh, your habit uh, or Mm -hmm. you know not being able to do that like you're accusing yourself for not being able to like continue doing something yeah you shouldn't feel that way you should be proud of yourself that you're wanting to, I guess, get back to your habit. And then if you did even like five minutes a day, like slowly getting back to your habit, I think you should Mm. really be proud of yourself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the Mm. important thing above all is that you go back to it. So if if shame is stopping you from doing that, then I I recommend tapping into some some (laughs) self-kindness or... asking a friend to tell you some nice things I don't know (laughs) yeah 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 I totally yeah I find find it really hard like I try to do yoga every day you know Mm -hmm. there are streaks and you know when I get to like 90 days or something I'm really feeling good but then one day like I was really busy and then couldn't do it and the next day I feel like I don't have the same momentum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I actually also started doing yoga every day a few Ooh. months ago. <laughs> yeah, but I eventually I did so much that I hurt myself. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, and so I had to like lower the bar, like I said, uh-huh. like Japanese um, to like every other day. So mm-hmm. now I just like meditate every other day and do yoga every other day, like alternating. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, I think mm-hmm. even if you have to lower the bar like that for yourself, it's totally okay. Like yeah. if every other day is what works for you, then that's what works for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm, if I'm honest, like I actually spent a couple, uh, last couple of days just meditating. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, like uh, instead of doing yoga exercises, but it makes yeah. me so feel good, you know, like taking the time to do that. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't have the time and energy to do yoga because, you know, <laughs> I, already pretty, I was pretty... Uh, the floor stuff <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> I was so tired. Um, yeah. Mm, but yeah, something is better than nothing. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the word of the day. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> mm. Word from the wise, mm-hmm. Emily. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. I that's try. a really good advice though. Yeah. Maybe like some people who are listening to this podcast, maybe they tried a little bit, you know, like of studying Japanese before. Uh, there are a lot of people try maybe like study hiragana and they uh, do kanji. And then when they kind of get intimidated, like they take a break and never mm-hmm. come back or, you know, they just uh, take time to come back. Um mm-hmm. I guess my advice to is just don't overthink, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you come back, the, the shame will start to dissipate, I think. Time for Wanikani ad. Please feel free to skip this part if you like. For those who are not familiar with Wanikani, Wanikani is a kanji learning platform where you can learn 2,000 kanji and more than 6,000 vocabulary items within a little over a year. And today, Emily will share her story about using Wanikani. Yeah. So like I've said before on the podcast, I've been using Wanikani since 2012. And in the next episode of this podcast, I already mentioned how it allowed me to kind of read signs and kanji and things when I first got to Japan. So I think today I'll talk about a more recent experience. So I took a break from Wanikani while I was writing my master's thesis, but I also knew that I wanted to pass the N2 level of the JLPT before I left Japan. So what I did was that I went back to Wanikani for the millionth time in my life, (laughs) as as you do, uh, cleared out my stack of reviews and got through about seven more levels before taking the JLPT. And uh, it's certainly not only because of Wanikani. Uh, A lot of it was also immersion and other things, but I did somehow manage to get a perfect score on the vocabulary, reading, and grammar sections of the N2. Holy! Um, holy. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it happened somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Miracles. And um, it, it was also after the curve, so sometimes I think they shave off some questions that uh, a lot of people get wrong. Um, so, but Wanikani doesn't teach grammar, but it does teach kanji and vocabulary together. And the cramming that I did on Wanikani in the months before the exam 100% definitely helped me do well on it. So in a nutshell, uh, whether you're a total beginner or have maybe been studying Japanese for a while already, uh, I think that Wanikani can really help you reinforce what you already know and also learn a lot of new things at the same time, which is kind of how I use it now. Um, Which is why I recommend trying it out no matter what your Japanese level is. 
Oh my gosh, that's like such a successful story, and I'm really glad to. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't see it coming. So I'm taking an M. But okay. Um. So anyway, if you're interested in using Wanikani, like MJ did, um, the first three levels are free. So be sure to try all levels to see how it works for you. And if you ended up really liking it. We have a special coupon code you can use for monthly and annual subscriptions, and it is Shoshin S H O S H I N or uppercase. You can redeem this code until July thirty first, twenty twenty two, and the discount lasts for one year. So, hope you check out Wanikani dot com, and you will enjoy learning kanji. And you said you asked your friends too for advice, or I did.、Mm. Yeah, so I asked a group of my friends who all started learning Japanese around high school or college age, so、mm. older than I was, and mostly through formal、uh, classes. So, if it's okay, I'm gonna read some quotes、okay. for them, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and what、great. they, yeah, what they wish they knew when they were a beginner. So, one person said. No matter how much you study, nothing is a substitute for practical application and conversation practice. So, if you want that conversation practice, it's great to make friends with native speakers, like you said, and、mm. people who are also learning Japanese. So, yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. She said that the most she ever improved was in Japan, studying abroad. So, it all、right. kind of goes back to a focus on immersion and、mm-hmm. kind of using that knowledge and gaining new. Abilities while you're actually in that situation, talking to either a native speaker or someone who is learning Japanese as well. Right. Yeah. It might be a little bit hard in this、yeah. current situation. <laughs> oh, for but, sure. But like technology makes it really easy these days.、Um, yeah. Too. So. Yeah, there yeah, are a that... lot of apps and stuff where you can、yeah. kind of. Try to find a native speaker or something and get some conversation practice in、mm-hmm. <laughs> on Zoom, maybe on Zoom or <laughs> Skype.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,、um, uh, we have an article, a review article about Hello Hello Talk app. Yeah,、uh, that's the like biggest, I guess, language、mm-hmm. exchange community. Ah,、uh, it's like a social social. It's not social media technically. What is it? Social、um, app. Connection, ne- networking, <laughs> networking, yeah, yeah.、Uh, for、uh, specifically for language exchange, so、um, yeah, that can be used, and you know, in terms of emergence, you know, Netflix or YouTube's like all the contents out there. <laughs> yeah, all the content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I was studying English, I we. Like I had to pay <laughs> a lot of money to, you know, get access to those things. So、mm, mm-hmm. we're all lucky、yeah. to live in this age. <laughs> We are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The same person also said, "Start small and don't beat yourself up for not knowing everything yet." And I think that's really important because、mm. it can feel bad when you try to do something in Japanese, like play a game or read something, and it's not. Quite your level, and you have to spend more time looking things up than actually enjoying the thing.、Mm. So, 
I would say don't be sad if it takes some trial and error to find something that's actually your level. Even if it is for kids, there's no shame in that. That's totally okay. Totally. Yeah, it's harder than you think to try something designed for native speakers. Um, For sure. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, especially when you're a beginner. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) good to start small. Um, Yeah. And then the same person also said, don't be afraid to branch out in what resources you use. Just because you started with the Marugoto textbook or something mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't switch to, for example, Mina no Nihongo or mm. another textbook later or use them in tandem or something. So, mm-hmm. for example, maybe you're using a textbook and some YouTube videos for grammar and then also Wanikani or Duolingo or something for kanji and vocab, you know, um, Don't overwhelm yourself, but at least try a few different resources to explore the different strengths and focuses of each one and maybe find what works best for you is Mm. her advice. That's true. Yeah. 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 Should we give give this person credit or shout out? (laughs) Thank you so much. Ashley, (laughs) thanks, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to give shout outs to all my friends because they all contributed a lot. I mean, Um, yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, um, Ashley. I I agree. Like, if you hate your textbook, like, don't be. I mean, if you're using it for a class or something, that might be. That might not be possible for you to change it up, but <laughs> if you're self-studying, you can look for another option if it's not working for you uh, quite. I think there's like a com- compatibility. Compatibility is a thing. Uh, yeah, you mm. have to find something that is compatible with your learning style or uh, yeah. what you want to get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So another one of my friends, shout out Mm to Wanda. Wanda, thank you. (laughs) Wanda, thank you. Um, Wanda says, I wish I had known earlier how easy learning hiragana and katakana and some simple kanji was. I always wanted to learn Japanese since I was a kid, but just didn't bother because everything and everybody was like, it's so hard. There's three different writing systems. That's crazy. Mm. But then when I took Japanese one in college, I learned hiragana and katakana in about two weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're liars. They're big uh-huh. fat liars. Uh-huh. Um, so basically Wana's advice is learn hiragana and katakana early on because they're not that bad. They're not as scary as mm-hmm. people think they are. And not having to rely on romaji will be massively to your benefit, especially in the beginning. Yeah, totally. Like, hiragana and katakana like are the first things you should be learning, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I don't know how Wanda, Wanda's school, like how they taught hiragana and katakana, but, you know, using mnemonics, you know, those like illustrations with, you know, mm-hmm. um, memory hints, it shouldn't take you more than two weeks, even if you're, you know, taking it slow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's a I really totally good agree. way to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, being able to mm-hmm. read hiragana and katakana, you actually can read, like, parts of Japanese, uh, which is kind of rewarding, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is very helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, yeah. that's essential for learning further. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not only helpful, but required pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's required. So <laughs> Yeah. And then something else that I heard from multiple people is that 
learning the meanings of kanji in isolation from their readings or mm. vocabulary that uses them can sometimes be maybe not the most helpful. I know that um, some people like that method, and that's totally okay. Um, mm. Some popular methods of kanji memorization do use that method um, of just cramming kanji meanings all at once and not learning the readings. Um, but in my experience, it does really help to associate kanji with how they actually sound in vocabulary words as well. I, um, uh, I see. You, are you referring to remembering <laughs> the kanji? I, I think so. Maybe that's one of them. I, I haven't mm. used it myself, but I have like heard of some methods that are um, like that. Mm-hmm. And um, some people who like started out like that. And again, if that works for you, that's totally okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Just also maybe consider <laughs> uh, learning the readings as well. It, it mm-hmm. might work for you as well. Yeah, in the other episode I recorded with David, he mentioned mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. He was trying the textbook, like some other method, and so he switched uh, to Wanikani, and uh, he appreciated that. Uh, Wanikani uses vocabulary items, and you know, mm-hmm. it kind of builds up. You learn in kind of a con- inside of the context, uh, and that yeah. really helped him. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I never learned uh, the opposite way, but mm-hmm. I would imagine that it would be much harder to learn the readings afterwards if you know yeah. only the meanings. You know, like you can mm. look at a word and like know what it means, but then if you mm-hmm. want to say it, you wouldn't be able to say it. Right. Hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. a head scratcher for me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Maybe it works for some mm-hmm. people, but again, yeah. you know, compatibility. So you, you <laughs> yeah. should know there are options out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe just think about it before you uh, go down a path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about it. And, you know, like there are some options, great options yeah. out there, like Wanikani. <laughs> <laughs> like our own product. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty yes. biased, but. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to hear some quotes from members of the Japanese Culture Club Discord? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, like yeah. I, I'm loving this. It's like, um, you know, radio shows like who yeah. get like phone calls or like write-ins. <laughs> yeah, they wrote in. <laughs> they yeah. literally did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love this. So, yeah. Okay. So. Shout out to the members of the JCC Discord at the mm-hmm. University of Central Florida. <laughs> okay, so this person said, Some grammar points take all of five minutes to learn, but the structure of a lot of classes and learning material drip feeds basic grammar over several years because of the vocabulary barrier. So basically, mm-hmm. since you don't know many actual words in the beginning, you maybe can't learn as much grammar and the pace is slowed down in some classes. Um, so you might want to perhaps focus on learning more vocabulary and kanji early on, and then maybe come back around to grammar later. So you can concentrate on learning just the grammar points and not get distracted or frustrated by having to look up every other word because you don't know much vocabulary. Totally. Like I was nodding so hard when you were saying that. <laughs> I wish I could have heard your nodding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Like I teach Japanese sometimes, occasionally oh, to friends. Nice. And like I did some tutoring too in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Like when like 
a student or person I'm trying to teach doesn't know any words, uh, it's mm -hmm. really hard. So I have to use yeah. something like uh, iPhone, iPhone, wow, or something like that, you know, something you know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Or banana, like banana. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh huh. But textbooks, uh, or you know, like grammar resources out there, they probably don't use those words, and you have to know <laughs> the words, you know, like yeah. inu or something, you know, like dog, uh, or you know, like basic words that makes it really easy, um, for you to, like, understand, um, uh, mm -hmm. or look up even like if you look up some. Um, example sentences you probably want to know the sentence structure and in order to do that you should probably know some words you probably should <laughs> it uh -huh. would probably help yeah um, and then another person said I wish I realized that to be good at X you must do X so basically mm -hmm. if you want to be able to understand manga for example you should consume more manga if you want to get good at reading you should read and if you want to get better at speaking, you should speak, etc. Um, and they said there's surprisingly little crossover between these skills sometimes. So speaking, listening, reading, and writing. Mm -hmm. So it's important to like intentionally target the skills that you value. And if that's all of them, then kind of trying to keep all of four of those pretty even with each other if you want them to be. Uh, so your Japanese level isn't super unbalanced can kind of help, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of relates to, you know, like, like, what was your, what, did you focus on something too, Emily? Like when you, um, um, throughout the years that I've been learning Japanese, I didn't ever get to speak to a native Japanese speaker until mm -hmm. I was 18. So mm -hmm. it had been six or seven years since I started and I was able to talk to them, uh, pretty easily, which is, I think, where listening and speaking have some overlap. But other than that, I think it is really uh, important to target like a specific skill. Uh, for example, for the N2, I yep. targeted reading because I had realized that I had never read a whole Japanese book in its entirety ever. Mm. <laughs> and I had been learning Japanese for 10, 12 years. So I decided that I needed to get faster at reading mm. so that I could get through those long passages at the end of the reading section on the end too, um, right. and have enough time to finish them. So I read a bunch of manga, like mm -hmm. a lot, like, like 60 or 70 <laughs> manga Whoa. in like a couple months and some books as well. And I started out with like little essay books so that each page had like a short essay. So it wasn't mm -hmm. overwhelmingly long or anything and I could do it in small chunks. So I think yeah, it, it helps to, if one skill is a bit underleveled or uh, lower than you want it to be, it can help to specifically target that skill. Mm, I see. And first you, when you like started out, your motivation was like morning misume and then mm -hmm. that was more um, like in order to like understand, I guess like the, what is it, input? skills like reading yeah. or maybe more like listening uh you might have like unconsciously focused on that mm. yeah i think i did actually mm. yeah i agree yeah, yeah these like i don't know these skills like 
speaking in this and reading and writing, like they're all like different games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you got to play them all if you want to win. <laughs> mm, I, yeah, that's true. Of course, if you don't want to be able to speak Japanese and only want to read, then that's totally fine. It's, it's mm-hmm. completely up to you. But yeah, um, yeah just like but, maybe be conscious of that. Mm-hmm, but reading, like if you master the reading, for example, it builds a really good foundation. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. To get really you does. prepared for, you know, whatever the next step is or whatever mm-hmm. you want to focus on the next. For sure. Reading is a big one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, know, you probably learn a lot of vocabulary from reading too. So that's a good foundation. Yeah, definitely. And then some common trends I noted that several people that I talked to mentioned that they wish they had known or focused on as a beginner. So a better understanding of particles early on. They were confusing for a lot of people I spoke to when they were beginners. Tofugu has some good grammar pages and articles and downloadables and stuff about particles, I think. But Mm -hmm. definitely just find something that works for you and um, maybe spend a little extra time on those particles as a beginner because those can really trip people up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you know hiragana, <laughs> you'd be able to <laughs> read uh, particles. I guess for people like listeners who are um, enjoying this episode, might not be aware of what particles are. They're like they usually consist of a single or like two letter like hiragana characters. Like, for example, it's kind of similar to English prepositions like um, at, on, in, or something like that. Like, for example, particle ni, it marks a location or a spot. So, nihon ni iku is like going to Japan. Yeah. To is kind of an equivalent of for ni uh, here mm-hmm. and that's how we use to like mark subjects objects and topics in Japanese sentences too so um, pretty much like that's that those are essentials for Japanese grammar I guess mm. mm-hmm. yeah definitely Camilla, who is the person who <laughs> mentioned mm. the particles thing, Camilla, um, mm. or one of them, one mm-hmm. of the many, <laughs> yeah, mentioned that she didn't realize that particles are both words and grammar, <laughs> or like maybe mm. not words, but like mm-hmm. you know, a one item and also a, a grammar point in themselves. So, I see. Yeah, mm. it's it's important. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, also, a huge one mm-hmm. was the importance of immersion. So, of course, drilling kanji and vocabulary is very good and has its purpose. Um, But, you know, the other side of it, actually seeing them in context, like in a manga or a book or song lyrics or maybe the subtitles of a video, etc., is extremely, extremely helpful and really gets you used to seeing and hearing the language, how it's actually used in real life. So, Immerse more than anything else is something someone said. Sean. Sean said that. Mm, <laughs> My friend Sean. Good, yeah, that's a good advice, Sean. Um, yeah. Thank you. Gotta remember all my friends. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
yeah, like I I love hearing stories about you know how Wanikani users spot kanji in like in in the wild. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like you mentioned that in your next <laughs> uh, episode, we did um, yeah. advertisement for Wanikani, and then you told us your story about using Wanikani, and you know when you landed Japan, <laughs> they, <laughs> and then the first thanks you so you could pretty much, you know, understood all the kanji uh, you saw there, yeah. and you know that's kind of an immersion I guess um, <laughs> yeah definitely and you know seeing them in context I guess mm. mm-hmm. yeah it's it's super helpful mm-hmm. yeah to like solidify it in your brain seeing it over and over again um, yeah for, how it's actually used yeah for folks who are outside of Japan what what can you do like I guess yeah. you can watch a lot of videos or yeah, my friend Andy actually learned Japanese through uh, watching Japanese YouTubers mm. <laughs> for years and years. So he kind of he kind of talks like a Japanese YouTuber sometimes. Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's really funny. <laughs> he knows all the slang and the lingo. That's <laughs> he could probably be a Japanese YouTuber. <laughs> Wait, so like, is was he watching specific genre or like? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe like prank videos and stuff <laughs> like like the videos with the big text at the bottom <laughs> very <laughs> eye-catching <laughs> yeah but yeah even if you're not in japan i i wasn't in japan for the vast vast majority of the time i've been learning right. japanese and i i was doing immersion through mostly music and watching videos and um movies sometimes and reading stuff online just like online threads and stuff of people mm-hmm. talking about idols yeah um, yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah and like social media a little bit yeah just like anything you can find really is helpful oh also games were helpful mm. for me mm-hmm. yeah right yeah there are so many opportunities like we are spoiled <laughs> yeah <laughs> now like think about 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> there was no YouTube, there was no Netflix. Uh, so we should take advantage of this, you know, technology. Yeah. <laughs> abundance of like content in general. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easier than ever to find some content that you like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, knowing how to write kanji is perhaps not very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. So multiple people mentioned this, um, that typing has kind of made writing fairly obsolete and being able to just read a lot of kanji tends to be much more practically useful. And if mm-hmm. you um, focus on really writing every single one, it's totally okay if you want to do that, but it might just take you a little bit more time than if you just want to cram a bunch of uh kanji and and just be able to read them you know what i mean yeah yeah totally like um well (laughs) i mean like i can totally relate like growing up that's how i learned kanji you know writing Mm -hmm. uh, over and over it was like almost to the extent that like was abusive (laughs) like (laughs) my head hurts yeah Yeah. totally like i did Mm -hmm. that uh you know in middle school elementary school um Uh but you know these days i don't you know i live in japan right now um i actually Mm -hmm. moved uh last summer 
coming back to Japan after, you know, six years, I don't really have opportunities to handwrite <laughs> like kanji yeah. uh, in my life, daily life, like, you know, occasional like paperwork with the government. Your uh, name, maybe. <laughs> yeah, my name, mostly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my name mostly. Uh, address, perhaps. <laughs> my name and address. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was the same. I just knew how to write my address. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's important, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, I didn't really have any reason to write anything else. So. Mm-hmm. And if you know readings of kanji, um, that means you know how to type them. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, writing. Yeah, it's really mm. convenient to be able to type. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to write out all those radicals, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're geeking out into, like, kanji, I think oh, sure. David is, kind of. You know, in the <laughs> uh-huh. other episode, David <laughs> talked about, like, taking kanken, like, kanji kente. It's like oh. a kanji test for... It's not like specifically intended for like non-native speakers. It's something that Japanese people, many Japanese people take <laughs> to oh, really? assess their kanji knowledge. Oh. And he's going for like kind of a high level too. Oh, wow. <laughs> One level above than what I have from uh, middle oh, school. Oh, my. Wow. Uh, <laughs> right? And then that for that test, you have to write kanji. You have to be able to write kanji. Um, oh man, I'd mm-hmm. fail that test. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, unless you have a strong interest, uh, I admire that, you know. Uh, mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but like, unless the, you're like David <laughs> or <laughs> you need to write for some reasons, uh, and if you if there's needs, you can always practice then. But in general, I. Uh, I might not recommend. <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically, if, if you want to drop it, it's okay. I yeah. Think. Yeah. There are a lot I, I, mm-hmm. more different things to focus, I think, or prioritize. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think I dropped writing kanji from the very beginning and I, I turned out fine. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you'll, you'll live. You'll live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can drop you it. You lived uh, through your master's degree and, uh, yeah. in Japan and there was no problem, right? Mm. Yeah, no problem. Um, even when I was teaching English in Japanese sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I would say something and then uh, look up like type out the kanji and then write it on the board, like copy it from my phone because mm. I could see it. I, I do know how to write kanji stroke order. So mm-hmm. it's kind of easy to just look at it and then do it. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? See. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. write a letter or something, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can totally type it first and then copy over it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those times when I'm Sending long letters to my friends in Japan. Yeah, I'm kidding. I don't like, do that. O- o- but... like happy birthday or something. Oh, even yeah. even yeah. my Japanese friend did that. Like I I know how to write like happy birthday in Japanese, but my Japanese friend didn't, <laughs> or uh, maybe she forgot. So she was making sure you know, uh, double check it <laughs> with Google yeah. and you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. 
Um, and then another thing that a lot of people said is that uh, once you get to a certain point, using resources that are all in Japanese with no furigana or English translation uh, helps to force you to improve like exponentially. Hmm. Um, so if you're at that level, maybe consider going full Japanese, you know? Maybe Bye. you'll improve like tenfold. Um, Wanda actually said that. Um, mm. when Wanda started using uh, Marugoto, and, uh, which is a textbook that is all in Japanese, um, the improvement was like a hundredfold. It was really, really helpful. Um, so maybe explore that option. Uh, a lot of YouTube videos, some YouTube videos, teach you Japanese grammar in Japanese, etc. Mm -hmm. So if eventually you do want to drop English, it might be... Uh, very helpful. Right. And like Japanese to Japanese dictionaries too. Mm -hmm. If you're using Japanese to English. I guess yeah. switching from bilingual dictionaries to monolingual uh, dictionaries and being able to like read the definition of the words mm -hmm. uh, in Japanese. That's like you're in the immersion world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you certainly are, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can say that it'd be really helpful. I guess it might be hard to know when exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think if you're finding that it's a bit above your level, but you can still kind of get through it and it's not, like making you throw the book out the window or anything, mm -hmm. then maybe it's a, a good level for you. Maybe. If it's like a little bit challenging. Yeah. And but not too challenging. Not too challenging, right? And yeah, there exactly. are like YouTube channels um, that, mm -hmm. you know, those YouTubers speak slowly and use easy, easier words and mm -hmm. sentence structures that it's the attempt called Yasashi uh, Nihongo, like easy Japanese. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, to make it more accessible. So for those channels, you might be able to even... I don't think you can do it like right yeah. off the bat, but uh, if you know yeah. some, maybe, you know, if you're looking for something more beginner-friendly, you might be able to do that from an mm. earlier phase too, maybe? Mm. Maybe, yeah, well, maybe just try it out. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if you're not there yet, you're not there yet. And just right. uh, maybe keep it in mind for the future, you know? Mm -hmm. um, in language school in Tokyo, I was taught Japanese in Japanese. And mm. I was not a beginner at that point, but it was a very different way to learn that did mm -hmm. help me level up like a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, mm. So, yeah, if if you're ready, then it can be super helpful, I think. Right. Yeah, now you mentioned that. <laughs> I <laughs> studied in Portland uh, at a community college, and oh, uh -huh. there were some English classes, you know, um, mm -hmm. learning English and English with, like, uh, there were some, like, it was, like, uh, what is it, prerequisite classes for oh, college yeah, students. Yeah. So, like, there were, like, mm -hmm. some native speakers and stuff like that, too. Uh, and 
Yeah, that was. I think that helped me a lot when <laughs> now you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It kind of throws you into the deep end, and you just gotta get、mm. used to it.、Um, yeah, my first week or two of learning Japanese and Japanese in Japan <laughs> were crazy. I, my、yeah. ears hurt from all the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> my brain was like on fire. But after those two weeks, I was like totally used to it, and it was. Really, really good for my improvement. So,、right. yeah, it might be a, a hurdle to get over、mm-hmm. it first, and I, I'm sure it won't be as extreme as if you're taking Japanese classes in Japanese in Japan. <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, if, if you can, it, it can be helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's a good advice. Thank you, Wanda. Is that from?、Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, no. yes, yes, oh, yes, that's Wanda. Oh, and、Aww. multiple people. <laughs> Thank you, multiple people. Yes, friends. <laughs> Indeed.、Um, Any other recommendations or suggestions for beginners? Well,、mm. I I am regarding learning Japanese and Japanese. I am、mm-hmm. currently writing an article about YouTube grammar channels. That's that so teach, true. <laughs> it is that teach grammar in English and also in Japanese. I'm writing about both kinds of channels. So、mm-hmm. if you're interested, then perhaps check that out when it's yeah. out. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be out by the time this episode is out, but it's gonna be out sometimes. Yeah, well, keep、mm. keep your eye on that Tofugu homepage, as I know thousands, millions of people do、yeah. every day. <laughs> right, I know this guy from a、uh, review and for Japanese learning resources series.、Mm-hmm. Um. I think his name is Aki, and he runs a channel called Ipponjuku or Sanponjuku. I don't remember.、Oh, uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs>、uh, uh, I think it's Sanponjuku. Sanponjuku.、Uh, he does easy Japanese、uh, grammar. I think grammar channel.、Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, I、mm. checked that out too. Yeah, I think he wrote a book called Casual Japanese or something like that, and then. I I know people like his、uh, channel too, so yeah, definitely.、Mm. But check out the YouTube channel. If it is working on when it's out.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, immersion yeah. baby. I guess to wrap up,、uh, is there a message for Japanese beginner learners or even like people who are starting? Uh, or people who are just thinking about studying <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> yeah. So I think the thing that's most helped me over the last twelve years is, like I said, deliberately lowering the daily bar for how much I need to study every day in order、mm-hmm. to kind of sustain that very very long term motivation.、Um, for me, it's it's basically the same thing as breaking a big task up into little manageable chunks so that you don't burn out and quit. Because、mm. that's the worst thing that could possibly、mm-hmm. happen, right? Like you want to keep going, even if what you're doing every day is not a huge amount.、Um, and it's not that I haven't taken breaks from Japanese in my life, because I definitely have. But I do always go back to it, which I think is the important thing, because I know I won't make it super overwhelming for myself. Twenty-five reviews a day, am I right? <laughs> 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 so, like, even if the amount that you learn feels small by the day,、um, what you're building with those days is very, very not small, and can really potentially change your life. A lot of the things that have happened in my life 
are mm-hmm. rooted in that habit that I built as a kid of learning Japanese and never let go. So I think that maybe the things that have happened for me are proof that uh, it can really improve and change your life if you want it to. So mm. my last message is to please pat yourself on the back and reward yourself for keeping it up because it's it's very commendable and you should be proud and feeling good about it will also help boost your morale to keep going, which is ultimately the most important thing. Hmm, that's great. Thank you for the advice. I think <laughs> no so, so like I, from my shallow knowledge of about like building a habit, I know like thinking about doing something doesn't really motivate you. Like motivation doesn't occur on its own. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. you get to it, like you start feeling motivated. Oh yeah. Like you like, have to create motivation and yeah. not like wait for it to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Like in order to do that, like you kind of have to put your hands on the task. And then when you start, like you actually feel motivated. Like that's happened yeah. to me. Uh-huh. So Yeah, it's like a s- self-perpetuating machine. Yeah, yeah, totally. So like <laughs> maybe like even if you don't feel like studying today, maybe just like, you know, let your body start it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move with your hands first. Let uh-huh. your brain catch up later. Yeah, like if you set uh, your desk, maybe your motivation might start happening to you and then that might keep <laughs> you go for like five minutes, 10 minutes. And then even that a short amount of time, uh, you should be proud of yourself yeah, for doing absolutely. that. Um, when I was a kid, I would just sit at my desk and like my, my fingers would move on their own. Like control T, W, oh. enter, Wanikani. <laughs> and then I was just there. Wow. Yeah, like no thinking about it, just doing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's like a strong motivation. <laughs> it is. As a kid. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was very lonely in, in mm-hmm. Florida. Okay. <laughs> strong that's motivation. That's almost like an obsession. Yeah, make it an obsession. and. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's very helpful, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode was full of like wise words from Emily and Emily's friends. So yeah, uh, and the JCC th- Discord shout out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and I guess no see problem. you in the next episode. Yeah, bye. bye.